Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. And we're going to keep with the theme. Our last podcast, we had spoken with a gentleman talking about not all men are dogs. And it was a great podcast because it was right before Valentine's Day and everybody had their church suits on and what have you. And the guest that we have today, she's going to talk about attracting your fairy tale love. And this can happen even after Valentine's Day. So it's going against popular opinion that the world's going to end if you don't have your fairy tale love after Valentine's Day. She is a children's author. She has written many books. I'm excited speaking with her because in the Buddhist tradition and other traditions around the world, uh, you are actually reaching enlightenment in higher realms of thinking when you think like a child. So maybe we can throw some of the logic out and go back into our child mentality, at least for this hour. I'd like to welcome from Las Vegas, we have Rosie Pova to the podcast. Welcome, Rosie. Um, thank you. I'm excited to be here and talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks yeah, for having me. Yeah. yeah, thanks for making it. And I'm actually glad that you're alive to talk to us because many people fall off the planet Earth if they don't find their fairy tale love for Valentine's Day. Oh, they're, they'll be safe after hearing this talk. So, yeah, I am alive, and everyone else will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, promise. Well, we talked a little before the podcast came on. Why do you think there's so much energy centered around Valentine's Day? Well, it's only natural because everybody is looking for their soulmate and we naturally um, need and want love in our life. So it, it's very natural for people to, um, to want to have a partner to celebrate with. But to me, it's not just for that one day, you know, all the hype and all the uh, commercializing of, of the holiday is, is not really necessary because it's too much pressure and people get depressed over it, but they don't realize that matters of the heart are not very, it, it shouldn't be commercial at all, you know, and it's not just for one day, it's for the whole year and for your whole life, so don't <laughs> just hang on that one day. Yeah, I think the other side of it that I, that I experienced, fortunately or unfortunately, is I'll get calls from other people after Valentine's Day because they weren't really happy with the gifts they received from their current boyfriend. And I'm like, well, how do I take that? That is so conditional and that you may not be my fairy tale love after all. Oh, okay, based on a gift, um, that's not a very good, um, you know, uh, perspective because if you're expecting something, of course, you just set up yourself for disappointment very easily. Um, it's never going to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect, and that's not what's important um, uh, because, yeah, a guy <laughs> picking a gift, you know, <laughs> right there, there's just, you know, <laughs> salt and <laughs> uh, that. Um, so that's, but it's not about the gift, and it shouldn't be. <gasps> you are saying some earth-shattering stuff right there, Rosie. I don't know. You might, the girls might take your girl card. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's nice. It's a nice gesture, and it's um, it's fine. But um, but yeah, there is something much deeper than you should be looking for. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. And so let's get into it. So you know, at the introduction, and I was talking about you being a children's author, and in some spiritual traditions, you have to start out as a child because once you throw the logic in, you're you're actually taking some of your spirituality out. And so I wanted to know a little bit about your about your background and what led you into the children's author category. Uh, yes, I'm originally from uh, Bulgaria. Um, I grew up there, and I immigrated to North America and um, as an adult in 1998. Um, I've always um, been a fan of writing, and um, I love stories, storytelling. Um, so that was that was there. My love for writing has always been there. Um, but um, and I've written lots of poetry and um, essays, short stories, you name it, um, as a child. And, um, but then my, I revisited my love for writing after um, 
having my first child, my first daughter, and reading children's books to her. So I just um, started writing my own, and from there, um, it was just meant to be. I, I couldn't I couldn't get away <laughs> anymore, and um, had many books published, and keep doing that. I love it. I enjoy it. It's it's my passion. And I love encouraging kids today to, to, to also follow their passions and dream um, big because I came from this communist country with such unsupportive environment where you were constantly being socially judged about everything, put down constantly, and condemned for your aspirations. And my home life as well, it was difficult and unsupportive. And um, I, I just want to encourage everybody everybody that no matter where you come from or what family you've been raised in, you can still um, decide who you want to be and follow your dreams and passions. So that is my mission today. (laughs) I love it. Have you seen the movie Mr. Church with Eddie Murphy? Um, I might have. I don't recall. It's really Mm -hmm. interesting uh, because – uh, as I was talking earlier, uh, spiritually or being like a child, you're kind of open and you have a sense of wonder. And I was getting this itch to watch Mr. Church, and I was like, why? You know, Eddie Murphy's usually funny, but it's kind of like a drama, a drama type movie. So I watched it the other day, and I just realized it was for this conversation right now, and that he was supposed to take care of this woman for like six months. She was she had cancer and she had a little girl. And what happened, the the woman wound up living like five years later, and then he wound up becoming just a family um, staple for the rest of their, that child's life. And that, children, that child became an author afterwards because he always talked about the importance of reading and rereading. Uh, if you read a book and you love it, then it's okay to read it like five or six times. And at the mm-hmm. end, she wound up becoming a, 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 an author, and she was talking about how big of an influence that he was to her in his life. And you were saying that, you know, in the immediate family, you may not have had it, but who was in your immediate circle that allowed you to explore your uh, childlike wonder? Yes, yes. Um, Well, uh, my grandparents, um, actually, unlike my parents, my grandparents um, uh, read stories to me. I I never, I don't remember, actually, um, my mom or dad ever reading to me or telling me a story, but my grandparents did, especially my grandfather, um, fairy tales mostly. Um, and it was magical to me um, staying at their place um, and um, listening to their stories. And my grandmother also, she was telling me stories from her childhood, from the Bible. And um, it, was, uh, it was my escape. And even daydreaming or music, that's what kept me going. And that, that was truly my escape. I wholeheartedly agree with you. My, my favorite guy in the whole world, rest in peace, is my, was my grandfather. And it was mm-hmm. just so many times that as a child I was able, you know, to listen to him from stories, but as a teenager, you know, running like, what do I do with girls and stuff? Even though my dad was around, it was more so my grandfather. And mm-hmm. luckily I was in my mid to late 30s before he transitioned. How, uh, are your grandparents still alive? Or if not, how, how no. long did you able to spend time with them? Um, well, I was in my teenage years, yes. Um, and uh, now I don't have any living grandparents because mo- both my parents are um, the third child. And so they were, um, you know, um, at an um, advanced age. But um, no, I don't have, um, and I, unfortunately, I don't have them anymore. Uh, well, rest in peace to your, your grandparents. And it sounds like they are very instrumental in, in making you the well-rounded woman that you are today. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I love them, and um, I really enjoyed my time with them. I, I'm so happy that I have those memories um, as a child with them. I even dedicated a book to them, <laughs> and it's about grandparents and the special bond that kids share with, with them. So it's, it's really special to me. Nice, nice. So, mm-hmm. Rosie, let me ask real quick. So, growing up in Bulgaria, you know, you said even when you were young, you had a, a, a love for um, words and stories and reading. 
did is that what you knew when you were a child that you wanted to be a an author and a writer, or did you have something you just enjoyed and you wanted to be something else, or is that what you wanted to be? Um, well, I wanted to be a journalist. <laughs> That's what I remember. Um, I just loved um, analyzing, telling stories, and just being uh, playing with words. That was my strength um, in school. That was my thing. I've always loved it. So, yeah, I remember wanting to be a journalist in Bulgaria, shedding some light on some, you know, obscure events or, or the truth, you know, exposing the truth or something like that. But, um, yeah, so it was definitely writing in my, in my dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you said that you came, in, came to the United States in 1998, and so – you were exposed to some of the journalism in Bulgaria. What's the difference between the journalism there versus here? Oh, um, yeah, I've been away for so long now, for 21 years, and um, I'm imagining, yeah, it's changed a lot. I know that, but how much I can't even... um, at this time, because it w- it was a communist country most of my life, I lived there, and then when the democracy came, it all of a sudden it became very chaotic, and all that freedom, people didn't know what to do with it, and um, it kind of went to an extreme where it became sort of ugly. Um, so I don't know what <laughs> how things are going now. Uh, hopefully, better, but um, there's yeah very, very many differences in, in the, the way people handle the journalism. <laughs> oh, no worries. I mean, this is about Valentine's Day and finding your true love and fairy tales, so we don't have to delve into the real world, at least for this hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. So let's yeah. go back to being a child. Uh, you had written a book, If I Weren't With You, and it's usually for children age three to six. What, what was that book about? Well, that book is about um, safety and security, reassurance of safety and security and mother's love. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's very special to me um, because it's it's kind of came from both my experiences as a child where I was longing for safety and security and, and love and reassurance and um, the time when I became a mom and... Um, my experience with my own children, especially my first one, I was one of those overprotective moms, uh, wouldn't let my friends hold my baby, and I was obsessed with safety, and it's just, um, you know, the love was so um, big and so overwhelming. Um, but I have three kids now, and so um, I just, I'm just glad that book is out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, I wanted to bring it up because you were talking about safety and security and we were joking a little bit about gifts and usually Mm -hmm. guys think about, you know, the bigger the gift that shows the bigger my affection or attention towards you. That's not always the case. And it seems like the underlying theme that most women want is the safety and security, not necessarily the gift behind it. Exactly. Yes. Um, Gifts come and go and you might not remember it um, after a while, but um, the bigger picture is what you're looking for. And don't just hang on the little things um, that are, you know, superficial things. You just, you you need a deeper connection. That's what you're looking for. So (laughs) you're absolutely right. Nice. Uh, There's a friend of mine uh, he, uh, God rest his soul also, he transitioned. His name was Ray, and he was from New Jersey. And his his real life was just like the, the TV show um, with Ray Romano. Where oh, his yeah. Parents, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. His parents, his wife had the same name as the person on the show, and his parents lived right across the street. So he would oh. come in all the time. We're like, is that your life, Ray? And he's like, yeah, it's totally my life. And <laughs> It was it was hilarious, right? And so one one thing that what that comes to mind for this conversation was, you know, they had I think three kids together, and one time she, his wife was just really out of sorts, let's say, and she he was like, "What's wrong? What's wrong, babe?" And she said, "Look, I just want to be alone right now." And so mm-hmm. he was like, "Okay." So he took the three kids out for ice cream, and you know they were gone for a couple hours, and he came back, and she was pissed at him. And he was like. 
what? You said you wanted to be alone. She was like, no, what I meant was I just went alone time with you. You totally misconstrued what I was talking about. <laughs> and, right? That's always life where we have these mixed communications. But overall, it is communication. So what's a better way to communicate with your partner? Oh, yes, communication is key. Um, don't expect, you, sometimes we expect our partners to read our minds and, um, and just know what we want or just say the opposite of what we want, you know, trying to, to test them maybe in some way, but uh, don't do that. You, that's tricky, and you set up yourself up for disappointment. Just uh, speak your needs, speak your expectations, and have a honest discussion, no tricks involved because nobody wins if, if you're trying to trick the other person. Um, just open communication, sincere, and that's key so you know what's expected. That would be my, my take on that. But yeah, communication is key in every type of relationship, um, business, personal, anything. So yeah, <laughs> no gains there. <laughs> mm -hmm. You said trick, so I'm a little confused because most women would say that is a test. So is it one and the same? Uh, well, <laughs> it depends. It could not really. You might not realize it. I'm not saying that you're doing that on purpose, you know. But it's it's tricky for the guy <laughs> to understand a woman's language if it's not, you know, honest and direct. And you thinking, oh, I'm, you know, you might want to test or or um, you don't feel like saying what you really want, but you want them to guess your needs. Um, so in that way, it could be tricky. You know, it's not that you're doing it on purpose. Um, that's not what I meant, you know. But, um, yeah, open communication. Nice. <laughs> I'm playing with you here, so thanks, thanks for playing along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, I can go both ways, though. <laughs> Oh, sure. Guys aren't innocent. Guys, you know, do tricks and all that other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So I'll throw the guys under the bus for this podcast. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, one thing that I did find in looking at your background was uh, when you're talking about fairy tales, you are talking about making a commitment to believe in your fairy tale. So what, how do you create a fairy tale as an adult and how do you make a commitment to see that that fairy tale is manifested? Yes. Um, so as kids, of course, we believe in fairy tales, and then as we grow up, we um, we think it's silly and we, we shouldn't do it anymore. Um, but in fact, the um, opposite is right because everything is a fairy tale. Everything that we're thinking before it's manifested is, is sort of a fairy tale. It's a story that is not real. Even in science, you know, all that innovations and um, technology invented, um, it, at first, it was at first it was an idea and a story that you're telling yourself, and it doesn't exist. But because it's science, you tend to believe it and work towards achieving it. To where, when it's uh, the matters of the heart, you think it's silly and you shouldn't believe it because it's just a fairy tale. But that you know that's the play of the law of attraction. Also, when you believe that, you have that vibration, that energy, and you are attracting it. You're attracting what you believe and what you uh, think about. So if you focus on the lack of your um, soulmate and you're alone and you're sad, and uh, that's what you attract, not knowing it. And you think it, <laughs> you're looking for the soulmate, but we're not ready because you're not vibrating with that um, same energy um, in order to find it. So that is the kind of fairy tale you need to create. Focus on what you want, what you're looking for, uh, what you're expecting, what gets you excited, what gets you positive. To, to set yourself in that positive um, mindset, you, you can create boards. There's different ways to do that. You can meditate. And, um, but once you start thinking positive thoughts and what you want, then you're attracting that. Um, so in that sense, Create your fairy tale. Think about what you want and believe it. Think it until you believe it. <laughs> you know, you can't make too big of a jump if you're uh, depressed and, you know, in despair. But um, little steps, you know, something positive, um, 
and with time you'll get there and, and start believing it and it will start happening you'll see the signs so um and it could manifest, it could go many <laughs> different ways so don't get discouraged um the main thing is to get in that uh, positive state of mind and from there to pay attention to your instincts and impulses um, and don't try to rationalize or overanalyze. Just, um, just go with it. And act. for example, let's say you just finished folding laundry on a Sunday night, and you meditate, you practice your affirmations, and you're feeling pretty positive and hopeful. So you're browsing your Facebook timeline and maybe hoping. Um, something or someone of interest will pop up and all of a sudden you're craving Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So, hmm, how strange you might be thinking, you know. But now before you start telling yourself you're too tired to, to, um, to go or talk yourself out of going off for ice cream, just get up and go with it. So, but let's say on your way there you're driving and you get a flat tire. And I understand that the old you might get upset about it, but and the new you might be tempted to say, really, universe, I trusted you and trusted my instincts, and this is what I get. But hold up the blame for a moment. Because so let's say you're leaning against your car in the dark trying to decide who to call to help you out with the flat tire. And then a white Lexus pulls over, and out comes a drop-dead gorgeous man, your perfect type. Just go with me. Uh, stay with me here. Um, and he wants to help you change the flat tire. And you grin and get all giddy, but then out the passenger's door, his gorgeous wife steps out. And again, you are seriously universe. You're starting to doubt this law of attraction thing and suspect that it's just playing games with you. Now, the good couple helps you uh, with your car trouble, and, you know, it turns out they're just uh, missionaries and felt the need to give you a hand. And um, you really do appreciate the gesture, but you still can't figure out what the whole ice cream craving was about. And um, by the time you drive off to Ben and Jerry's, it's already closed. So you decide to just swing by the nearest Walgreens and get a bottle of wine and call it a night. And maybe you're thinking you misunderstood the whispers from the universe. And, but you're walking the aisle trying to pick a bottle of red wine, and a voice behind you says, may I recommend the 14 hands Merlot? It's really good, and it goes pretty much with everything, even ice cream. And you turn around, and there's this, charismatic, start smiling at you, holding up a bucket of ice cream and no wedding ring on his finger. And you finally know what the whole ice cream thing was about. And you smile and, and say, thank you, thank you, universe. And that's how it might play out. So you never know. Just pay attention to the signs. That sounds like an excellent TV show of the Rosie Pova show. That was an excellent episode. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just an example. It might happen. You know, you never know. <laughs> but, yeah. So that was my fairy tale. for. That was my dose of fairy tale for you. <laughs> <laughs> Since you asked that question, right? Yeah. How, how long was it going to take before you knew that your husband was your soulmate? Uh, not long at all. <laughs> not long. Not long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and we've been married for 21 years now with three kids. So, <laughs> you know, I must have been right or something. <laughs> yeah. If if I were to ask him the same question, would he say the same thing? If he knew. I mean, was it kind of a simultaneous? She both kind of just knew. Uh, would you? Um, could you repeat that? I didn't hear the. Uh, if, I said, if I were to ask him that same question, would would he say the same thing? He just, he just <laughs> pretty much right away. Um, I maybe I, I can't speak for him, but uh, 
<laughs> he must have known too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think right. so. Yes. So it makes me also think of of uh, I want to talk about sabotage because you're talking about uh, before that wonderful story that people are tired of being lonely on Valentine's Day, and so they're missing some of those whispers or misinterpreting some of those whispers. And one of my favorite shows on Netflix is uh, The Good Place. Are you familiar with that show? Um, no, I'm not. Okay. It's no problem. I, I just watch a lot of Netflix, apparently. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I stopped a while ago. Uh, well, in the show, the, the lady dies and you know she thinks she's in heaven but she's really not so you know it's a lot of tongue-in-cheek about the good place where she's torturing herself and in one scenario when you die they put you with your soulmate and so she's with this guy and he totally does not look like what she imagined to be her soulmate and then you know through a couple of episodes they're like wow we really are soulmates and she was like this is what i wanted for wanted my whole life Right, and so when mm-hmm. she realized that's what she really wanted, she started to sabotage the relationship. So, what happens with the law of attraction when you get those whispers? The universe gives you what you want, and then you're like, "Oh my goodness, is it really what I wanted? I didn't really want it, or I wanted it my own way, not the way the universe set it out for me." Mm-hmm. Yes, well, you must have had that. Um uh, vibration going on somewhere on a deeper level without realizing because you are constantly having a vibration um, whether you realize it or not and it might be a negative one uh, you might think what you um, need and it doesn't have to be you can't you don't say it with words necessarily and you still have that vibration um, so you might be thinking just because you're saying the words, this is what I want, that this is the vibration you, you're um, offering, but that might not be the case. So you get what you are attracting, and there must be something going on, some false belief that you're having about relationships, um, and, and you need to work on that, change your perspective. Um, or be really clear on what you want. And you can't hear those whispers if you're in a negative state of mind. You have to be um, in a positive state of mind. So if it, just ask, stop and ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? And if you hear something when you're angry or upset or depressed, that's not the right whisper you want to follow. Um, you have to be in a positive state of mind. So that's that's part you need to pay attention to. Uh, the whispers that come from from um, overwhelming um, emotions are not the right ones to follow. <laughs> I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. So, so another another fairy tale that most girls love as children is Snow White, and with Snow White, one of the famous lines is "Mirror, mirror on the wall," right? Mm-hmm. And so, would you also say for law of attraction? that everyone's a mirror of the vibration that you're putting out. And so you should actually be thankful, right? If you're putting out a negative vibration and someone get, returns that to you, that's actually showing you in real time what you're putting out and you can make plans to adjust that vibration. Or exactly. can you not? Okay. Yes, yes. That is a very good question and that is the point. Your your emotion is your guidance system. So you will know uh, if you if you're feeling negative, you must address that and do something about it. Um, refocus your attention to something that feels good, that feels um, positive to you. It doesn't have to be on the on the exact same subject you're looking for improvement. It could be on something entirely different. The the point is to raise your vibration, and you can do it so many ways. Um, you know there. Your environment is offering plenty of things to like. There are many things that you dislike, but just don't focus on them. Just focus on the things that you like in order to raise your vibration. And you're right. You, this is your mirror. This is your um, your system is telling you um, if you're in the right uh, state of mind or, or the wrong one and, and what to do from there. All that, um, the contrast that is offered, um, and I do use a lot of Abraham's 
works because that's what I listen and read to and Jerry and um, Esther's uh, tapes. But um, yeah, they say there's nothing wrong with the um, with the um, contrast because it helps you um, um, determine what you actually want and what you don't want. So you can focus on the, the things you want. But what we do is because we, we see the things that we don't want and we focus on that. We just fix it on that and, and start um, you know, complaining. Why is it that way? Why do I don't have it? Instead of looking for what I would like to have and how I'd like it to be. And that's your um, focusing on the positive instead. So yeah, yeah you're we're, right. We're big fans of Abraham as well. And so that's why I was bringing up that mirror, mirror, because, you know, the other side of that coin is someone may be rude to you, um, but that's not necessarily what you're putting out. It's something that they're dealing with and it has nothing to do, to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. And, and when you're um, thinking of the partner you want, so let's say, um, are you ready for that partner? Can, can, uh, you know, can you attract that partner? Because if you're... Um, in your negative state of mind, you cannot attract someone positive. Uh, if you want them to be trustworthy and um, bring you security and bring you po- uh, bring, be positive and be uh, cheerful and, and you know helpful and all those qualities, that do you are you offering that same vibration so that you can meet that um, guy? Um, you're probably not. And if you're offering something. Um, you know, you're desperate or you're you're depressed and you attract someone like that and then you don't like them. <laughs> you know, if, if someone like that comes to you in your life and you don't like them, you don't want to go out with that guy who has no money and is not secure and it's, and it's not um, loving and, and um, thoughtful. You don't want anyone like that, right? <laughs> so... If you're not offering the right vibration, you will not be able to attract that person. Yeah, another fairy tale uh, song is Row, Row, Row Your Boat, right? And so mm-hmm. at the end of the song, they talk about life is but a dream. And since you're a fan of Abraham, you know, Esther mm-hmm. says, even though Jerry transitioned, it's still with that fairy tale love, even today, uh, because since life is just a dream, he still in her life throughout the day, and she can tell if she's feeling low, he's not around. When her vibrations are up, he'll be around. So he's still a barometer to help her shape her vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. Um, um, the dream has to be with a positive vibration. Just uh, saying the words or, or um, you know, looking at the board. So you can, you can, if you're not feeling it, it's, it there's no point. <laughs> So, yeah, make sure you adjust your dream to where. And don't go um, too far as to where you don't. You create that kind of fairy tale that is so abstract to you that you, you, there's no way you can believe it. Um, you know, that, that doesn't work either. Um, it's kind of sabotaging yourself because um, you wouldn't believe it. So don't go too far. Just take it one step at a time and, um, and focus on the positive. Um, there's another song, and as you start mentioning songs, but um, I'm trying to think of it, and I know it well, but I'm trying to think of it. If you, um, if you believe something in a fairy tale, you can take the future even if you fail. Um, so that's what it's uh, what it's all about. If you do believe the fairy tale, you know it, it doesn't matter if you fail because you know mm, that that's uh, that's just temporary. And you keep mm. believing it until it manifests. Yeah, yeah I, I love that song. <laughs> I'm trying. To, what do you know the name of that song? I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, it's um, it's it's in the lyrics. It's not the um actual um, name of the song, but it's from um, um, Mamma Mia too. Lily uh, uh, James is singing it. Uh, I just want to uh, come up with the right lyric. Um, right now but it might come to me i just um yeah you, you've never heard it you have you watched mama mia too no i have i'm, I'm missing out on life apparently <laughs> <laughs> oh lots of good songs i can tell you that 
<laughs> yeah. So the other thing that I would think about is uh, soulmates. And so uh, kind of going back to row, row, row your boat, life is just a dream, uh, sometimes that soulmate could be that person that's giving you so much contrast. So while you're in third dimension, you probably hate that person. But when you transition, you find that that was your soulmate and y'all had a contract to give you that contrast so you can raise your vibration. So it's not always straightforward. Yes, that is correct. And um, and it's um, I know sometimes we get uh, frustrated with our partners for some things, and we think, oh, okay, well, it's not perfect, so maybe that's not the soulmate I was looking for. But it's it's plays a role, and, and you're right. There's the good things and the not-so-good things that help us raise our own vibration and, and grow. So it's very necessary. I realize how, how much I've changed um, throughout my marriage, and, and that's exactly what you're talking about. I've, I've changed, and I've become better because of it, because of that contrast. Um, and uh, in many ways. So I actually appreciate it. And when you look at it that way, you start appreciating it. And then you're actually attracting more positive things um, for yourself. So it's a good way to look at it. Always look at the contrast as something positive because it is helping you. It's there yeah, for a reason. It's helping you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's stay there for a second, Rosie, because... Uh, when we talk about a fairy tale or the the premise of a fairy tale in Hollywood and movies, you meet your mate and then the credits roll. Like they never show what happens when the after the credits roll. You think exactly. okay, that's the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even even before you meet, like once you meet them, nothing is perfect right off the bat, right? There's there's mm-hmm. obstacles and there's there's challenges and there's um um uh, you have to overcome to be, you know, to to match with that person, and, and it's not perfect, and then, yes, you're right, after the, um, you know, the happily ever after, it's not shown. My favorite, uh, growing up, I had a, um, a record, vinyl record of um, Cinderella. That was my favorite. We didn't have lots of children's books at that time, but we did have fairy tales, and um, I have that on a record I was played over and over and over I knew that um, fairy tale by heart it was my favorite and you know it is just you know there were obstacles there and of course she got the prince but what happened after <laughs> did they never argue never had you know disagreements and he was never disrespectful after that <laughs> I doubt it <laughs> right so that's mm-hmm. a fairy tale yeah. is yeah it comes with I like, the contrast. <laughs> I like that uh, because it, it reminds me of a, a good friend of mine. He was married to his wife for 19 years, and they never argued for 19 years, right? And so mm-hmm. one day he had come to work, and he was distraught. You know, he had to leave work early and all, and you know, we're like, what's wrong? He's like, my wife just left me. And so at the end, she was like, well, you never raised your voice. I never saw the passion. We we never argued. Like, mm-hmm. she felt that there needed to be the contract, and he was probably a little bit too much of a people pleaser, so much you might say he was a pushover. I mean, he gave her everything that she wanted, but he thought that's what she wanted. In the end, she mm-hmm. left him because of it. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, that's that's how it could play out, and you you, you don't want to break your marriage. So if, um, and you think on the surface, you know, it's a very positive thing. They don't argue, but it must have built building up inside her, and um, something was not right. So yeah, the contrast is is bringing growth, which is absolutely needed. You cannot stay in the same um, state in the same. Um, position that you were when you got married. So, of course, you're going to evolve, and, and that requires contrast. Once you get to the next level, there's more contrast to, to deal with in order to get to the next level because we're constantly moving. Life is not still, so there's no way things are the same. And so that's probably what it was, I'm guessing. <laughs> Can you give us a, an example of contrast? I'm sure when you first got married, you probably thought 
life would be so much better if my husband would just put the toilet seat down. And then <laughs> there was more to it. So can you give us an example of, of a contrast that helped you grow? Oh, uh, oh well, so many things. Um, we're very different. I would, I'm, I would, by nature, I'm an introvert, and he's very social. Um, he's he, very positive. Anything is possible. Nothing stands in my way. Whatever I said to do, and I always, I used to be, you know, that way, sort of negative, you know, uh, just looking for, um, always finding the ways where why it wouldn't happen and <laughs> um, kind of a yeah so he he prompted me to to see that it's something crazy impossible even if, if he sets he might, his mind to it and it says it's going to happen and I said there is no way that's going to happen and it does over and over I'm like really <laughs> so it started to grow in me that in fact that's how I should look at life and and try to find um how to accomplish things instead of trying to find why they wouldn't happen. But yeah, talking about that's what it's if he would just stop drinking from the bottle <laughs> um, or the juice from the bottle or stuff like that, that, you know, it hasn't changed, but you just, you just <laughs> go with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some things don't change, but you grow and start to accept it and look at it differently. So it's just, it's just always, compromising and it's um yeah it depends on how you take the contrast you can take it in a in a positive way and mm. thank you for that you, you said you had three children are they all girls or is there a boy in the mix uh yeah yeah i have uh two girls and a boy the third one is a boy <laughs> okay perfect so there's uh there's four of us and there were three girls and me right and i have a twin sister <laughs> And there was obviously a difference between the way, even though we were under the same roof, where for certain things they approach things differently for me versus the girls in the family. Do you guys look at it the same way or everyone's pretty much getting the same message? Um, are you asking about my approach as a parent? Yeah, to, I'm just thinking like to, where I'm thinking from, from a fairy tale love right when you when you ultimately meet someone you find out well this is what i learned i learned that you don't really know someone until you spend the holidays with them right mm -hmm. and so when you see the holidays you you see that archetype of how they were raised and so you another story that i've always learned was you don't know i always tell women you don't really know a guy unless you see how he treats his mother so mm -hmm. guys and girls look at 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 each other differently and so when you're attracting your fairy to love are there certain things you should look for that you may and you, your kids may be too young but it's like or they're in high school and just beginning like these are the things you should look for or this is just uh, fairy tale love and you really need to focus on maybe your career or something uh, versus your boy you may say well no you should focus on your career and then love will come afterwards I'm just wondering if there are different messages that you're giving to your boy versus your two girls um, no, not really, and I don't um, think this should be a difference or that I should um, really try to control what they do with their lives. Um, to, um, I can give advice, but they have their own um, guidance and their own um, emotional system to give them um the tools they need so as a mom I can um, it's very delicate um, I've started to um, understand because we think that as parents we have to just just uh, pave the way for them and tell them what's right and what's wrong and, and what they need to do exactly the way you, we think because of our own experience uh, my kids have a very different experience growing up in North America um, than, you know, the way I grew up in Bulgaria. So I, my experience is not relevant at all um, as a child and as a teenager. Um, so I can give them advice and I can, um, you know, um, share my opinion, but I don't want to control them in a way that I say, well, this is the first and this is the second and this is the third and this is exactly how you do it. 
Um, I don't think that's healthy uh, parenting. So um, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't say anything different to my boy. I just because he's a boy compared to the girls, I would look at their personality and approach that um, depending on their personality, not their um, gender, you know. Mm-hmm. So and they have different interests. They have different personalities. They respond differently to things. So it wouldn't be one, you know, approach fits all with them regardless of whether it's my girl or my boy. So that's how I look at it. That's a a really good point. It makes, since you're an Abraham fan, it makes me think of a a story where a mother had asked Abraham a question. She was like, I guess trying to control. She's saying, my husband, my, my son, he can't meet anybody. Abraham, can you send somebody his way? (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. Abraham was like, well, look at the energy that he's putting out now. If, if, he, if someone was in his life, they'd both be dysfunctional and it'd be a terrible relationship. Like, why would you exactly. want that now? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so could you talk, talk a little bit about the difference between being lonely or being alone? Is, is there a difference? Yes, a very big difference, <laughs> being lonely and being alone. I like being alone. As, like I said, as an introvert and um, as a writer, I need alone time. Um, I crave it really badly. I actually get drained in, in uh, big crowds and, and lots of people, and then I have to recharge for a long time. Um, so for me, yeah, being lonely is uh, being alone. I'm sorry, is is a necessity. I, I I just need the quiet time and to be with my thoughts and to write and create and all that. Uh, but but I don't feel lonely um, at all. I I feel you know, very comfortable being being alone. Um, but lonely is when you actually um, really don't uh, have that comfort in your in your heart and your soul that you have people in your life who love you and and you love them and um, you have the company you need when you need it. Um, so someone to share your journey with. Um, and you know that's that's the major difference. But you can be alone and not feel lonely. That's for sure. <laughs> and I'm a big music fan, so that makes me think of um, Michael Jackson for a second, because one of his most popular songs were "You Are Not Alone." And so, mm-hmm. if you're not alone, or if you're feeling lonely, you're in essence, in a spiritual sense, you're you're exhibiting the fact that. You, at least um, intellectually, you're trying to logically feel that you're not a part of the universe, meaning you're mm-hmm. separate from the universe. So I guess yes. I would feel lonely if you are not, uh, you know, another side of it is to be still and know that I'm God, right? So if that's spiritual, you're connecting to uh, higher vibrations versus feeling mm-hmm. separated. Um, I guess that's a long yeah. story of saying, Michael Jackson, that's a really good song, You Are Not Alone. And I wanted to throw that in there when just listening, when people listen to this about attracting your fairy to love, you are never alone. Yes, you're never alone. Yes, you're part of the universe and you're never alone. And if you do feel um, alone and lonely, that means, yeah, you've, you've disconnected yourself um, somehow. But once you find that connection, you'll feel the, the peace of it and the reassurance and the knowing that you are not alone. <laughs> so that automatically raises your vibration. You're attracting the, the resources, the people that you need in your life to uh, reinforce that, that feeling of, of not being alone. But yeah, you're right. And the other side of that is uh, we've talked a lot about attracting your fairy tale love, right? Even after Valentine's Day, and oh, yeah. that's usually the beginning. And so there, that could be in your twenties, thirties, forties. But if you have a lifelong partner, the, like you said, those relationships continue to change. And one of your books is called Sarah's Song, talking about uh, your relationship with your grandma, where that relationship changed. And that may change with your, not necessarily your partner, but other people's partner over time. I'd like for you to talk a little bit about Sarah's song, uh, what was the drive for, and maybe we can take that and plug that into attracting your fairy tale love. 
Yes, uh, Sarah's song is uh, about the special bond kids, uh, grandchildren share with their grandparents. Um, in this case, it was um, um, the granddaughter with her grandmother, um, and they love sharing music and dancing and singing together, but as grandma ages, uh, that relationship changes. So, um, and it's not nece- she's not necessarily sick or anything, but just with aging, she starts using a cane, she's having a hard time keeping up with the dancing and singing, so the relationship changes uh, to where Sarah now is, for, is trying to get grandma to go back to their um, routines and their playtimes, but it's not happening anymore. So Sarah's the one dancing and singing, and grandma's just rocking on a chair or, or just, you know, um, laying in bed, but... Um, so the relationship changes. The uh, Sarah's disappointed, of course, and she wants to find a way to bring that back. So she thinks if she finds the perfect song, Grandma will um, will start dancing and singing again, which of course doesn't happen. But she has to find a way to keep the tradition alive and to keep going, even. Um, in light of that new uh, relationship um, and the way she does it, you have to, you know, read the book to find out. But um, yes, all relationship, um, all relationships change. It's not possible for them to stay the same. Um, and even I'll give an example with my kids because my oldest one is almost 18, and then the little ones are. Uh, 10 and 11, and their age difference is 18 months. But um, Sometimes my, um, you know, oldest one would say something, well, it's not fair because he got this and I didn't get it. And I would say to her, okay, well, he also wears diapers. Would you like me to put one on you too? So, so okay. it's fair. Uh, you know, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't have to be fair because it's according to his needs and to your needs. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't take that, I don't, that excuse, it's not fair. Yes, would you like to drink from a bottle? Um, also, because it's not fair, you know, I wouldn't force that on you and tell you, well, it's not fair. So don't use that excuse. Um, so same thing, you know, the the relationship between yeah, our parents, with grandparents, husband, they they change and they should change. They're supposed to. It's not a good thing to stay the same at the same level. Um, so, yeah, we grow that way. <laughs> And along those lines, is your husband from Bulgaria? He is, yes. Yeah, we met okay. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Because uh, <laughs> what, I, what I was trying to get at was uh, family traditions, and you're saying your kids are different. And in 2019, you have more and more relationships where the people may not be from the same tradition. So if they're attracting their fairy tale love, they may not actually be in that tradition that they're in. What, what would you say to those people, and how could they – those two worlds would, in essence, collide, but how could they make a successful relationship? There's always a way. Um, and uh, as long as you focus on the positive and the things that you do appreciate, you will attract more of those things. And you will see that um, even your, if you're trying to change your partner, I don't think that would be very successful because you're doing it out of um, possibly anger, um, towards something they did or didn't do and you're trying to change that and the more you're trying, the more you're attracting the same behavior and it's it's a vicious circle, you know, and you get even more frustrated and you try even more but it doesn't work. Once you let go and you focus on the things that you actually like about that partner, um, what you have in common, what you're celebrating together, what, you, what your values are, um, what you're trying to accomplish together, um, the more you will attract the same kind of behavior and they will, they will sense it in you too and their vibration will, will raise to meet you because they, it, only two things can happen. They can either raise their vibration and meet you at that level or they can fall off your um, world entirely which, which should be a positive thing even if it hurts at the moment because you are actually not wanting someone um, like that to be in your life. So it's it's a win-win situation. Always look at it that way. It's a win-win. If if it, they don't belong, you don't need them. If they do belong, they will raise and meet you. So that's that's how you should look at it. 
no matter how different we are from the same country, we grew up in the exact same city, we went to the same school, and yet we are so different. I can't even begin to tell you <laughs> how different we are. But at the same time, we do um, share the same values, the same um, aspirations, sort of, and what the, the big picture things, you know. Um, so that's the basis. And um, so you can do it. We have lots of friends uh, who are from different races, different religions, um, and they're married and they have happy marriages. So um, depending on how you, how you decide to, to look at it and focus on, on what you want. Mm-hmm. Let me ask Rosie real quick. Um, so I really like the illustrations in Sarah's song. How did you find Emma Allen? Um, well, that was my publisher's choice. Um, oh. They get to pick the illustrator. They did ask for my opinion, but Emma was was perfect. Um, I love her illustrations, and you're right. Even Kirkus loved them, so <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was a great match. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my last question, one of my favorite illustrations is actually not in the book. It's the illustration from Jada. And so Jada had written that letter to you uh, a couple of weeks ago in 2019. My question to you is, if it's 2019 right now, let's say it's 2039, and Jada's an adult now, and she's totally forgotten about her childhood, and she's forgotten how to get a fairy tale lover and all this, what would you say to her in 2039 to kind of reset her to, uh, again, think like a child and maybe uh, build her or raise her vibration so that she can actually attract what she wants? I would just want to remind her um, how magical it was, you know, back when she was a child and she believed in the fairy tales and she read the books and she was excited um, about the story and the characters, even though they were fictional, um, they were in her life and her feelings about them were so real that she uh, experienced the joy. So I would remind her to, to do the same exact thing in her life, in her present life as an adult, just to keep that uh, excitement about the fairy tale and the, and the fiction in her head until it becomes reality because it will. Um, so that's, and even I have another upcoming book um, about the love of um, books and reading and how stories and imagination help us navigate through life. Um, so I'm also excited about that project. Same thing. You, you believe in, in fairy tales will help you in your, in your reality and your life. I love it. And you also have outreach to uh, teachers and librarians. You do school visits. How could people get in touch with you, and how could they get access to your existing books and sit on their hands while we wait for your new book to come out? (laughs) Yes. Well, my books are available um, everywhere, um, online and in stores. Um, My website is www.rosiejpova.com. And I love doing school visits. Um, it's, I'm very passionate about that. I love encouraging uh, kids to, like I said, uh, believe in themselves, uh, use their creativity uh, in all areas of their life. So I always um, am very prepared and, and go and, and present to kids with, with love and with passion. Um, so anyone, teachers, librarians, please um, go to my website and um, contact me. I'll be happy to visit your school and encourage your students. Fantastic. I did have one last question that I thought about that I didn't get to ask you since you're a Law of Attraction fan. Um, with uh, you had, We had 11, 11, 11, and then we had you know, 2012. Tw- um, and from a synchronicity state uh, on the web, a lot of people are talking about 219, 219, which will happen in two days. Are, are you paying attention to any numerology or as it relates to the full moon that will happen when the stars align on 219, 219? Um, I don't um, really pay attention to that necessarily um, because, um, you know, your vibration is vibration. You can always attract what you want. Uh, it's not about the exact date. Um, so, yeah, to me, it wouldn't, yeah, 
<laughs> Perfect. I don't answer. really follow that. Yeah. Oh, no worries. Just thought I, I'd ask. And with mm-hmm. that, we, we totally enjoyed it. Uh, you've been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I'm David. Rosie, it was a pleasure. Let's stay in touch. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yes, pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for being with us. You're welcome.